Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 80 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host Bob Chichinsky, here with my good good friend Dog Bark 24. My dude, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing all right, man. It was it was a long week and uh, I'm ready for it to be over and into the next week. But that's okay because uh, that's that's what we're here for is to have a good time, and we're going to have a good time because we're going to be talking about good old Hughes Bane this week, the desert region that was released with the Thieves Guild DLC in 2016. So, as exciting as that is, we do have some other exciting stuff to go over first. Uh, plenty of news to talk about, so, dog, let's talk some news. All right, well, starting up uh, next week is the uh, Daedric War event in, you know, good old Morrowind, the Clockwork City, and Somerset. So, that'll be fun. That will be fun. This is a new event. Yeah, it is a new so, event. I mean, you know, gotta get excited for it, right? I mean, it's it's a new event combining old events, but it's still exciting. Yeah, combining what? Two, three, three old events, actually. Or four, no, four. It's combining the Morrowind event, the Clockwork City event, the Tribunal event, the Somerset event, and all four of them. Yep. Well, there you go. That's, uh, everyone's wondering how they're going to, do all these anniversaries going forward because it's just like every week something's going on. So this is their answer to that, I would assume. Yep, and it starts on January twentieth at a uh, you know ten a.m. and ends at uh February first. So it's like twelve days, I think. Yeah, twelve days, and then that extra like little half because they said you could get twenty six total. Uh, tickets yeah that's pretty cool pretty cool so uh what can we get from this all right well we can get some good old daedric war spoils boxes from bosses abyssal geysers and more uh they contain the new Evergloam champion weapon style pages and the new gloam griffin fledging pet rune box Ooh man that griffin it is uh very awesome to say the least i want it so bad they put out the picture of it and i'm like Whew, you got me hooked i'm ready to go yeah it's a pretty good looking griffin good looking griffin uh, you can also get some crafting materials uh style items for the styles of the zones or and set items valuables you sell for gold treasure maps for the zones transmutation crystals motif chapters for styles found in the zones uh, the Snowhawk Mage Armor Style Pages, the Slag Town Diver Skin Rune Box, Thetty Ramirez Bait Kit Rune Box, and Microtized Verminous Fabricant Pet Fragments. So there's a lot you can get. 
a lot you can get considering they're combining so many events but there were the two new things at least as well the Everglum champion weapon style pages and the gloam griffin fledgling pet which like i said is definitely gonna be one i'm going after so uh doing a daily or weekly trial quest will give you one glorious box and the glorious boxes are gonna have like a guaranteed piece of something good like one of the pets or the new style page so pretty pretty good to make sure you go get a glorious box and do your dailies and there's a lot of freaking options for dailies and we're talking about like the delve and world boss quest and these dlc zones which is clearly going to be like somerset clockwork city varnaville go make sure you get those done and uh especially because those dailies are giving double boxes for those quests right now well when the event starts so that's gonna be awesome and everywhere in the world you get double uh, from the resource nodes that you pick up. So that doesn't include uh, any crafting surveys, of course, or fishing, they specify, because I guess that's something that people were thinking. But yeah. And heavy sacks. They don't apply to heavy sacks. Oh, and heavy sacks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. So there you go. But it's still great to go uh, harvest stuff, you know, as you're running through and know that you're going to get double. And if you have champion points, you could get double on top of that. So um you know you have a chance to so pretty cool pretty cool i love when it's double drops man yeah and a lot of regions because one thing is like when they do double resource nodes and um like oh it's the gold coast you know double resource nodes but that's the only place well everyone and their mother is farming the gold coast for double resource nodes and it's the smallest place so for here, that example would be like Clockwork City. But now that they're going to have it on these, uh, all the zones at the same time, it's really going to allow for a lot more people to enjoy that aspect of the event. So that's really cool. Yeah, and maybe the roll bosses will not die in 0.2 seconds. Maybe. maybe. Last one second. Maybe. <laughs> okay, don't get crazy, dog. Okay. Uh, but uh, the Vardenfell and Clockwork City public dungeons and road bosses will have a chance to drop a tradable style page for the Doctrine Ordinary Outfit style. And then the final boss in both the Asylum Sanctorum and Hollis of Fabrication trials have a guaranteed chance to drop a tradable page for the Doctrine Ordinator style. So if you want to farm that, there's you can also farm that. Yeah. You know, people love their trials, so good thing. And then uh, for tickets, you know, you got to earn them. Everyone wants their tickets. You're going to be able to earn two a day. So like we said earlier, up to 26 for the event. The way you're going to earn them, doing their dailies. Like we said earlier, you're really going to want to be doing your dailies this event, guys. So one from Somerset is going to get you uh, one daily in Somerset is going to get you one ticket. And then one daily from either Morrowind or Clockwork City is going to also get you a ticket. I'm going to recommend uh, Vardenfell because Clockwork City, man, it's just not like my favorite place to do dailies. It's 
you know, cool place, but the dailies there, not my particular favorite. So, yeah, up to you, though. You got options, and that's pretty cool. Dog, how can they spend these tickets? All right. Well, you can spend them on all three fragments of the Soulfire Dragon Illusion Pet. And then there's will also be the first fragment for the Scales of Akatosh skin. I so kind of like that one. I kind of was like, that kind of looks cool, you know? I didn't really like last year's, so I didn't care, but this year's kind of looks cool. And the pet itself actually looks pretty cool. It's like that like mini dragon. It's like glowing. Like, it looks cool. Yeah, I, def- I definitely like the pet. I don't remember what the skin looks like. Well, because then, I mean, even if you're not going to transform the pet into something else, because, I mean, isn't that the goal, or is it yeah. not? Yeah, yeah, you transform the pet into something else. So last year's pet it was just like a floating like fireball, floating right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like pointless to have just as a pet, but this one at least, like, if you don't end up getting enough things to turn it into, which I almost did, you know, last year, you end up with a cool little dragon, not a cool little floating thing. Floating not, rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, I like that. You can also spend your uh, event tickets on the Everglow Champion Weapon Styles and the Gloam Griffin Fledging Pet, and then also group repair kits. Those good old group repair kits, man. Who doesn't love someone who has endless group repair kits? Yeah, last uh, that New Life Festival, like I ended up buying, I think like six of them. So. There you I, go. That's what I, I like to hear. I'm do with them, but I'll have use them. them on me when I'm in your group. That's why I'm just kidding. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is definitely the perfect time to fill out your guys' sticker book collection for both the Overland Zones as well as the three trials with this event. Um, you really, you know, if you want to fill out your sticker book and you're going extra crazy like dog then uh, you got to take advantages of the good times. And now is the time to take advantage. And I almost just uh, freaked out right now because it's like 10.57 on Sunday night. And I thought that I didn't go buy my gold spinners jewelry from the Golden. And I was about to freak out and log in, but I did. I could breathe. I could breathe. I did go buy it. How about my monster shoulders? I uh, got the one I needed for Ma, and that was <laughs> all the AP I literally have. So now I have none. So I need to play some Cyrodiil. Yeah, you need to get some AP so you don't have to... So you can just collect all the shoulders without actually having to play with RNG. Yes. Except for the RNG of the Golden every other week. You know, and that's... <laughs> uh, I don't like gambling on that RNG. <laughs> But speaking of the one and only Cyrodiil, let's hop it right over from the news to our current state of Cyrodiil update. Forum, the second one, because there was more involved with it. And it was like, first off, thanks to everyone for participating in all the Battleground Q tests over the fa- past few months, including the most recent edition and deathmatch-only queues over winter break. We were able to gather a lot of data of these deaths regarding Battlegrounds participation and ultimately ultimately found it did not significantly affect the partic- participation and population. 
It also took into account the feedback received that the majority of Battleground games being deathmatch. We did see the suggestions for adding additional queue options and considered those as well, but doing so would splinter the Battlegrounds complete uh, Battlegrounds population too much and would lead to much longer queue times. We want to ensure the healthiest population and player experience as such. We are making a call to remove the deathmatch only queue option. So they're going back to how it used to be pretty much. Uh, yeah. So all uh, just one queue option. Yeah. I mean, it was better that way. It was a good try. Yeah. But, you know, I, yeah, ultimately I think it was, it was better how it was. They just, like, why can't they just up the, like, I don't know, isn't there probably a way to just tweak, make it, like, you get 30% of the time? Well, because I guess, you know, there's a million players, say there's a million players, how can you make it where all of them are getting each game a third of the time when they're all playing with each other, you know, randomly at different times? I guess that's, like complicated math to do i don't know i guess it's a hard problem to fix is what i'm saying i guess yeah and the new uh battleground option queues will be starting in update 33 and that'll be the last uh change that they make to the battleground queues for the foreseeable future so man i don't know like it just kind of pained me to hear you read that last part it's like man the foreseeable future like they they aren't even going to think about it. They're like, well, we tried, and that's that's that. So, But it's okay, because the next part I, is all exciting stuff. And this is the part that I did uh, read. Because I think, I, I do remember you sending me that Battleground one. Yeah. But I didn't read it. I think it was came out when I was in Vegas, so, you know. I could barely handle anything that during that time, but we don't need to go into that. So, uh, this one I am excited for. Uh, do you want to like switch off on parts because it's uh, it's some lengthy stuff we got going here? Do you want me to read this first part and then you could go here? I'll read this first part. Okay, for sure. All right. So we got an ESO PvP update from Matt Fire. And then it starts off with, it's long past time to give everyone an update on where we are with PvP improvements. As many of you know, we did a series of tests over the last year to give us more data. These tests were successful and gave the information we needed. We now have a plan going forward, but heads up, it is going to take some time. In short, just like we did for the client a year or so back when we introduced multi-threaded rendering to increase client frame rates, we are going to re-architect our server. The version of ESO in 2022 is many magnitudes larger and more complex than the ESO that launched in 2014. So, in order to give everyone a good play experience in high-intensity situations like PvP and Trials, we need to essentially rewrite some of the foundational server code to account for it. This should dramatically increase server performance, but obviously we will need to test and evaluate as we go along. 
We've been planning for this for the last quarter, and we're starting work on it right now. But as you can imagine, changing the fundamentals of a huge live game such as ESO is a delicate and multi-stepped process, so expect this to take up much of 2022. Much of the earlier work is going to happen behind the scenes, and we are definitely not going to rush it. A re-architecture of this mag magnitude will require the entire game to be retested and evaluated. As this particular code is the foundation on which the game is built, it will take tons of QA and testing time as well. And I'm sure when the time comes, we'll do a large test or we'll do as large of a test as possible when we can on the BTS. In the meantime, we'll consider additional ways to keep Cyrodiil and Battlegrounds interesting and exciting. For example, potentially special rule sets or weekend events. And we'll continue to work on bug fixes affecting combat but we won't be adding any new features to pvp until the work mentioned above is complete doing so would not only prolong the fixes we want to implement but would also exacerbate the issue of poor performance uh, we completely understand the frustration many of you are feeling especially with the lack of information about our pvp plans this was a huge decision to make, and we needed to make sure we had exhausted all other possibilities for before announcing this. Thanks for bearing with us, and we give you periodic updates about the re-architecture progress over the course of the year. So, basically, they must have heard our plea in the last couple episodes, because I think we cried more about you know wanting anything in pvp than ever i'm just kidding of course they didn't but hey what great timing they have sometimes yeah um as far as like this goes like this sounds like really good you know this sounds pretty good um i'm kind of uh you know a bit scared of like what like the special rule sets that they might plan to add because like when I think of like the special re rule sets, I think of like what they added as for like all those tests, and like I don't really want to play like a Cyrodo where like where it's my, where healing might be like group only, like or like you know or like some of the other like really weird tests that I wasn't really a fan of. Well, at least it seems like it will be for like a small period of time. You know, yeah. it's not going to be like for weeks at a time like that was. I'm just like, yeah. we need to get like back to the bigger groups. Like this whole 12 group size, like it's so constraining for like bigger guilds, especially that want to run, you know, Zergs and stuff. And I mean, like you can't tell me that having a 24 person group was the problem with Cyrodiil because that's pretty much the point is having huge armies fight huge armies. So, yeah. I definitely hope that when this is all done, we do get our big 24 man groups back or at the very least, or at the very least, you know, 16 man groups have an extra 16 four sounds good. Yeah. 16 or 20, maybe even like 18. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I feel you, but I'm really excited where they're like weekend events, you know, like just yeah. give some people some incentive. I've been saying forever Turn on like a weekend, just be like, all right, Daggerfall Covenant zones have double XP and double resource nodes. Like, weekend events are great. That's 
constantly games have been doing that to drive players to go play their games like you know in eso i feel like maybe they just have had so many events they're like well we don't have want to have these little random events we want to have our big you know week-long events and i get that but yeah like you're missing an opportunity to give something like this to pvp players that's like thank goodness they're gonna uh you know hopefully follow through well on this i i feel like they will so i'm very excited for that and just you know overall performance but that's all you know we'll see how long it takes yeah but exciting none the least so anything else you got on that lighter dog um no no not really all right, well, let's move on to some scores. So, Greyhost, PCNA, we're talking brand new campaigns for the PC world. 28 days left. Dog, do you know who won? Uh, I believe that DC won last month for PCNA, and then AD won PCEU last month. All right. So, DC takes the win. Yep, DC won on PCNA. Oh man, this is this is a moment. Like, can we all just, as brothers and sisters, and I guess like this is getting weird already. Can we all just take a moment to just be like, oh my goodness, DC, <laughs> we pulled it off, man. <laughs> okay, but anyways, anyways, it is really awesome and. uh it goes to show that we're clearly, you know, we needed to take a little break because right now, with 28 days left in this new campaign, AD is leading at 6.6k, EP in second at 6.5k, and DC is in last at 5.6k. So they're just taking a breather, you know. And then on PCEU, EP is in first at 6.9k, DC is in second at 6.7k. And AD is in third at 5.4K. So, there you go. Dogged, what about on Xbox? All right, for Xbox NA, there are 13 days left in the campaign. We have a DC in first with 59K, EP in second with 47K, and AD in last with 43K. And then in uh, Xbox EU, we have EP in first with 54K, DC in second with 50K, and then AD in last again with a 46k. Ah, uh, yeah, I gotta love it when AD's in last. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you know, we can't, can't defend the yellows. I started as a yellow. You did start as a yellow. So, it is what it is. <laughs> On PlayStation, uh, NA for Greyhost, we're looking at DC in the lead. DC in the lead. 56k ad 52k ep and third 50k and then on the eu side of things we've got ep at 59.3k dc at 48.7k and ad at 48.5k so yeah there you go playstation DC is leading one, and it's NA, and I'm really happy about that. And EP is leading the EU side of things, so 
if you're not so happy about either of those things, you should get your butt into Greyhost and go change it. So, alright guys, we are going to get into the meat of the episode here. Thank you for sticking around with us. We are going to be talking about the one and only region of Hughes Bane. It's a smaller region, but all the same, it houses the Thieves Guild, which, uh, you know, they're, they're a bunch of sneaky sneakies, so... There's plenty of stuff going on in his band. And the information on the zone from UESP would read Hughes Bane, originally known as Kefrim's Boot, is a peninsula in southern Kefrim on the south coast of Hammerfell. The region is named after Prince Hubalajad, or Prince Hugh, who attempted to bring civilization to this corner of Hammerfell in the early days of the Regatta. He discovered a barren peninsula hostile to most life. Scorching heat and seasonal flooding led to brackish water and ground which was unsuitable for crops. Despite his best efforts, Prince Hugh was foiled at every turn, and nearly all his endeavors resulted in failure. There you go. It's it's freaking desert, guys. Like that's pretty much just all it's saying right there. Like it's more of an extension of the Alaker and that desert side of things of Hammerfell than uh you know, anything else. So, dog, uh, let's talk about this zone that is just full of desert. How many guild traders do we got here? All right, there are six guild traders in Abaz Landing, and they are a pretty decent mile away from the uh, guild, uh, way shrine. So, they're a bit of a hike. They're by uh, the docks. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hiking in Hughes Bane for how small of a region it is. Yeah, I think there's only like two or three way shrines. Yes. There's three. And this zone also has four striking locales and six sky shards. Now, before we went to record this episode... I went and played myself some Elder Scrolls Online and went to Hughes Bane. And uh, I wanted to, you know, get a feel for the region and just explore some stuff. So I went and tried to get some of these striking locales. And I found two that I stood within and just could not unlock. So I don't know if I was just being a fool and needed to do something else, but I could not figure it out. So I spent a good bit of time doing that. And then I went to get all all six sky shards and i got to this delve that was super long and i had to traverse through all this stuff and i still at the end could not find whatever secret magic trap door i needed to get to the sky shard so there you go that's how i feel about striking those clouds and sky shards right <laughs> now 
But I did get the other five sky shards at least. Well, there you go. What's this? Uh, the south. Wait, uh, south delve or north delve? Uh, it was the north delve. The uh, Baraha's gloom. Yeah. So for that one, uh, you know, it's a delve west of a boss landing that's been overrun by the undead. And in order to find that sky shard, you have to find like this wooden, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, you have to find like, this like wooden plank and you have to like go up it and you have to go like behind the thing and you walk. There's like a little like secret area that you walk down. And then it's behind the, the boss, I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Walked around for so long. <laughs> yeah, that that one's uh, yeah. They definitely hit that one. Yeah, that one was good. The other one as well in uh, Shark's Teeth Grotto, which is found on the southern coast of Hughes Bane, and it has is just been filled with pirates they're freaking everywhere it is also a bit of a confusing one uh you gotta go kind of up and in around like every you just know the sky shards above you so you just want to go up every single staircase but you actually have to run like back through the like cave thing and up and around and then out onto the ledge so yeah that one took me a little bit but did not spend as much time in there as Baraha's Gloom, and I didn't even get that Sky Shard. So I was like, well, I got to start recording, so I give up. But I'll go get it after. Don't worry. Yeah. I maxed out my blacksmithing. I got that to 50. Had to spend nine skill points on that. I realized I do not have a lot of skill points on my <laughs> Necro. I mean, I have enough uh, for everything I need, but I don't have enough for crafting. Goodness gracious, that's just a wild grind. Yeah, a lot of uh, sky shards and public dungeon group events that for that. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be my life in ESO for a bit. So uh, what about the world bosses here for Hughes Bane, dog? All right, well, first off, you have a Silvara of the Deep at Ko Estaran. And this is a seeking Yokudan ruin located southwest of a boss landing. And yeah, so you go to Koestaron and then you fight this uh, Lamia called Savara of the Deep. Uh, she's big, she's angry, she summons stuff. And yeah. All right. And then uh, the other world boss is Captain Verindi Slave Talker at Thrall Cove. Uh, this is a Maumer, and she, it's this is at a landing of the western coast of Hughes Bane. Uh, she's off of a like off of her ship on a little beach, and uh, she also summons a bunch of like her crewmates to come attack you. And she also summons healers that heal her or attempt to heal her if you kill them fast enough. And yeah, that one also has a few spontaneous little one-shot things, too, that she likes to throw out. So definitely be careful with that rope boss as well. And as far as a trial goes for this DLC, there's not one directly located here. But it did bring about the existence of the Mav Lorcage, which is in Reaper's March. I don't know how that math adds up. Don't ask me. But 
Uh, we actually are not going to do too much talking on that because you guys could hear us talk about it all the way back in episode 10. And I do recommend that because, you know, it's a good old episode. Yeah, that's, a, that's an old episode. That's like two years old. I mean, yeah, roughly. Yeah, fair enough. All right, next up we have some dailies. And they're pretty much all Thieves Guild dailies. You have the Thieves Guild jobs that are on the board. And those are like the repeatable stuff. So you can do like a few of them at a time. You have the daily Thieves Guild heist. And then you have the Thieves Guild Exploratory. And this is where you go pick up an item in one of the two delves. And that's all the uh, dailies that Hughes Bane has to offer. And with that, we wanted to take this little middle portion of the episode to remind you all that we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, which can be found on robotsradio.net. If you go there and look at all the other podcasts as well as us, you will find another amazing one, if not two. So, like I said, go check it all out at robotsradio.net. Hey, Guardians! We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of destiny check us out on apple google spotify stitcher or live on twitch every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific we will see you starside all right all right dog my dude let's finish this good old region off and talk about some sets some of our favorite things to talk about so we have three crafted sets in this region. Why don't you start us off with Tava's Favor? All right, so Tava's Favor is a five-trait uh, crafted set. So uh, you need, you know, you need to learn five traits in order to craft each piece. Uh, this first item is max max health. The second one is stam recovery. The fourth is magic recovery, and the fifth piece items is. When you dodge an attack, you receive the Blessing of Tava, generating 12 ultimate over 3 seconds. And then this effect can occur every 3 seconds. So this set is a... Isn't it too bad for like a crafted set? It's a pretty good way to gain, gain ultimate. But as far as like endgame goes, it's not the greatest. Yeah, when I was adventuring around Hughesbane earlier and hitting the uh, crafting spots... This one did interest me, but it's nice because you can keep up 100% uptime, but you have to dodge an attack. It's not just like when you roll dodge. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, so it's kind of specific, and you have to be definitely like in combat and timing stuff well to keep it up. Before ultimate every second, you know, with not a name buff just from a fifth piece. If you could keep it up, that's definitely nice. Yeah. Plus, it's got a health and then max health and then stam and magic recovery on the way up. I mean, it's a decent set. Yeah. So then we've got Clever Alchemist, which is a seven trait set. 
Shout out to our homie uh, X Forty Ounce X over there on Xbox, and you know in our guild, he is a super chill dude, and he loves Clever Alchemist. He puts this set through the ringer, so it's gonna have two max health and then a weapon and spell damage on the way to the five piece, which reads: When you drink a potion. During combat, you feel a rush of energy, increasing your weapon and spell damage by 675 for 20 seconds. That is freaking awesome. And how often are you in combat, especially in PvP and Cyrodiil? Pretty freaking often, like 90% of the time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How often are you trying to get on your horse? You can have my own combat. (laughs) I've been running from nickel for a mile. You cannot mount combat. I've always said Alessia from nickel. You cannot mount in combat. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when you chuck your control out the window. (laughs) I'll tell you when I can mount in combat. (laughs) But uh, yeah, this one is definitely seen a lot of people run this, especially in like under vet PVP when you mainly use crafted sets and stuff. But even in, uh, you know, uh, end game PvP. I've seen people run this. Can definitely get powerful. It is a timed thing, so you gotta like you take your potion, and it's just like it's just another buff that your potion gives you. So you just gotta keep an eye on it. And yeah, definitely a good one. Seven traits, like I said. Go try it out. All right, and the uh, last crafted set is Eternal Hunt. This is a nine trait set. So it gives you uh, maximum stamina, same recovery. Another piece item reads, when you use roll dodge, you you leave behind a rune that detonates when enemies come close, dealing about 900 poison damage and immobilize them for one and a half seconds. Uh, This effect scales off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. So this set isn't really good, especially for (laughs) like a nine trait set. I don't know. It used to be pretty popular for stand blades. That is true. But I don't, I don't, I never really got into the whole stamp blade thing. So, yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. All right. So, those are the crafted sets that you could get. Let's talk about some of the zone sets. The first one is going to be Baraha's Curse, which you can actually get in all three weights light, medium, or heavy, except the light version of the set. Drops from Overland, while the medium and heavy versions only come from Professional Thief Satchet or Laundered Goods that are gained from the daily quest in the High Sport in the Thieves Guild. Yeah, so uh, getting medium and heavy pieces are pretty hard, actually. So the set itself is going to read, it's going to have a max health and a max magic then for the four piece, you're going to be looking at max stamina and then reduces your damage taken by environmental traps by 40%. Then the five piece, you're going to be looking at when you deal damage, you have a 25% chance to create desecrated ground for five seconds, which reduces the movement speed of enemies within three and a half meters by 60%. Damages and damages them and damages them for 349 magic damage every one second. 
and heals you for 100% of the damage done. This effect can occur once every 5 seconds and the damage scales off your max health. It's a interesting set. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I remember uh one of the dudes from uh a podcast like Rise of Legends or Legends Rise, Marcus, he used to run this one swear by for tanking the Barajas. Interesting. It was a while back, but I remember. Alright, the uh, second and last set is Savara's Scales. This one drops in light, medium, and heavy also. Uh, the medium version of the set drops from Overland, while the light and heavy versions come from the professional thief satchel of Flandered Goods that you get from the daily heist quest from the Thieves Guild. Alright, the set will give you some max health, some max stamina, and then its fourth piece item gives you maximum magicka, and reduces your damage taken by guards by 20%. And its fifth piece item reads, When you deal damage, you cause a burst of Lamia poison that deals 149 poison damage in a 5 meter radius. And an additional 1490 poison damage over 6 seconds to all enemies hit. This effect can occur once every 7 seconds and skills off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. So uh, I think the interesting thing with this set is the uh, fourth piece of item, which is reduces your damage taken from guards by 20%. Because after a while, like, the guard just, is just going to one-shot you. Like, 20% of a one-shot is probably still a one-shot for most people. Yeah, it's like the, they were trying so hard to incorporate these sets into the, th- the Thieves Guild somehow. <laughs> yeah. But it just didn't come across. Yeah, I think the other one would be, like, more useful because, like, some of those damage traps, like, the environmental traps and, like, the delves and stuff, if you're just, like, sprinting through those. Yeah, definitely. uh, I mean, it's still interesting that you could get in all three weights at the least. Yeah, that way, if you want to, like, I don't know, a medium or lighter heavy, it's an option. All right, next up we have the achievements. And uh, the first one is, you know, good old Hero of Hughes Bane, which is also the title. Uh, for this, you need the Hughes Bane Adventure, which is complete 12 quests. The Defender of Hughes Bane, which is defeat the, both of the world bosses. Uh, Hughes Bane's Pathfinder, which is collecting the striking locales. Uh, Prison Break, which is the last story quest, so you do the entire zone story. And then Hughes Bane Cave Delver, which is completing all the delves, or both of the delves. You also have a Hughes Bane Master Explorer, which is completing the delves and Pathfinder. You have the Spoils of a Boss Landing, which is just visiting the zone, and that'll get you uh, your Jackal Pet. If you... you also have a Breaking and Entering, which is a trespass in the seven locked location throughout a boss landing. And you also have Five Finger Discount, and that's successfully pickpocket each of the four most popular shops in Abba's Landing, which is the Leaping Frog Sundries, the Serpent and Sench, Hughes Main, and this one sells glyphs. And then we've got the Hughes Bane Grand Adventure, which can, you know, of course sound like a lot, but it's actually only 16 quests. Yeah, then you have the uh, Outlaw Style Master. You also have the Thieves Guild Style Master and the Abba's Watch Style Master. And the Dramatha style master. 
Yeah, and then you can't forget about Hughes Bane, Skyshare Hunter, and lastly but not least, uh, your good old Hughes Bane, Master Angler, for any anybody who still wants to get, you know, Master Angler achievements after they already got their Master Angler title. I'm in the firm belief they should yank it away from them every time they go fish the new ones when DLC comes out. Yeah, I, I feel like they should definitely have, like, some kind of, like, uh, like, like Tamriel, like Master Angular or something like like they just keeps updating after everything. That way, like you have to go fish in every zone. You go, ha- you have to go fish inside of the Imperial City, right? All right, Bob. So, how do you collect these? Uh, you know, all these style master achievements with the style pages. Well, you're gonna want to be doing some specific stuff for the outlaw style. Here me wanting doing delve bosses. We're talking Shark's Teeth Grotto, main boss, drops helmet, legs, shields, shoulders, and staff. And Baraha's Gloom, main boss, drops boots, bows, chests, maces, and swords. So it's one you gotta go around for. And then the world boss. Ko Estoran, Sivara of the Deep drops axes and bells. And then Thralkov, the Captain Verandi slave ticker drops daggers, gloves. Yeah, that's a pretty complex system. Uh, the next one is, is easier. You have the Thieves Guild style, and this is just complete the heist at the highest tier. So you have to be careful when you're you know doing all the different tiers like don't be spotting and all that so and then for the Ava's watch style these can be found in the large laundered shipment boxes obtained by completing the thieves guild tip board quest at the highest tier of rewards and then lastly you have the dromothra style and these can be found from the weekly trial coffer for the ma of Lurkaj trial all right, dog, why don't you talk about these antiquity leads and we'll head on home. All right, well, Hughes Bane is just like any other zone in the game. And you can get uh, the zone green, blue, and purple antiquity that you pretty much just sell. And you also get the antique map of Hughes Bane. Although this one is found in the Abaz Landing City at the Serpent and the Sench Inn, which still requires you to have the Pathfinder achievement to unlock. All right, and then the next one is the more the more was blessing, and this you get this from a chance from completing a heist. And then lastly, you have the Yokudin Skystone Scabbard, and this is a chance from uh, safe boxes and Boz Landing, as well as treasure maps and just chests in a, in a huge bane. So, all right, man. So, one way or another. It looks like that's going to wrap up the Hughes Bane region for us, home of the Thieves Guild, released in 2016. We hope you guys enjoyed like we did. And, Dog, why don't you tell them where they can find us when we're not behind these microphones? All right, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. And you can find us on our ESO or Xbox Guild of Heirs of the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. 
And if you check our show notes, you'll find links to all our awesome things like our merch store and sponsors, which will always help you out and get you more content. If you have any ESO questions, go hit up ESO-hub.com. I've got all the answers. And if you've got time to leave us a review, it will be absolutely 100% amazing. We've heard so much from the community this week and last after uh you know our call to arms so we very much so hear from you all and yeah dog where can they find you right you can find me on xbox twitter and esopc all at dog 24 and you can find me on xbox esopc twitter or twitch all at bob underscore chichinski unless i was xbox and it's bob space chichinski So thank you guys all for hanging out with us, and we will see you next week. Yep, see ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set podcast. <laughs> so join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? <laughs>